It's actually not Seth Dunlap. Amos Morrell III, the significantly shorter Andrew Lopez uh, than Seth Dunlap, who I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure he's like 7'3". I don't – I can't – say that for sure but i'm pretty sure that's how tall seth is i'm glad you added that qualifier because you're shorter than me but i wouldn't say significantly but yeah, a little bit uh but no it's definitely about seth uh we're back here on the last lap we're hosting we'll be with you 8 to 11 all right well for the next two hours now let's bring on our next guest scott alexander host of primetime sports on cst and wlae scott how are you tonight guys man i am just honored that i was able to be a guest on your show <laughs> You guys are doing fantastic. How you been? Don't don't call it our show. It's Seth's show. We're just we're just keeping the chair warm. That's all it is. You own it tonight, baby. Uh, Scott, how you've you've been around the New Orleans scene uh, for 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 quite some time. You you've had your your you know the pulse of the city for for quite some time. As much as as it is right now, has there ever been a time where there's you seemingly this much excitement about two separate sports franchises and how much fran- how much they're everybody's excited about the Saints and are excited about the Pelicans at the same time? That is kind of crazy that you just said that because as I was you know, knowing I was about to be on in a few minutes, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not sure what topic we're going to talk about, but <laughs> whether it be Tulane even LSU football, Tulane football, especially the Pelicans' excitement and now the Saints, obviously Super Bowl contenders. I was talking about that whole gamut I've never seen in my whole lifetime. I remember as a kid in the, in the 70s, if we had five wins, which I think only happened like a couple times yeah. until like the late 70s, it was time for a parade. Literally, it was a 14-game schedule. I used to live by Tulane Stadium. Three and 13 was kind of the average. Four and 12, awesome. I mean, four and four and 10 back then. Then five and nine was a big deal. And obviously the Jazz, they never had a winning season, yep. although they were, close, they were close to that second to last season. LSU was always pretty good. Tulane was every few years good. But this is the first time I can remember in my lifetime that all four of these had such right. high optimism. I mean, different goals, but still high optimism and excitement and enthusiasm. Obviously, Saints could. Saints obviously have Super Bowl talk. The Pels are – I mean, they, you're, you're in a situation where the Pels could host opening night against the defending champions. That's insane to me how much Zion affects that. LSU is, uh, you know, a consensus top ten team, and then – Two lanes should be marching back to a bowl game. It's 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 a great time to be a, a sports fan in South Louisiana right now. It's just fun, isn't it? I remember 2011, that great great year. That's, I had just gotten back in 2012 after being gone for almost three decades, and I remember I was so excited. And then all of a sudden, Bounty Gate happened. Literally right when I got back, <laughs> that put a cloud on things. And I've been to all training camps except this year. I've been so busy with rugby. But I've been to every training camp for the previous seven years and just watching the enthusiasm come back for the Saints and then the Pelicans. Man, you know, as much as we love Anthony Davis, and you were around him a lot, just a great guy. But let me just say this. The enthusiasm that Zion Williamson shows almost every other play on the court, Anthony probably one game with Zion Williamson will add up to the excitement, the pump fist, the fist pump. The, 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 you know, just the, the exuberance that Anthony showed the entire time here. And I'm not talking bad about him. It's just going to be fun to watch Zion and his group to get it done here in the uh, Smoothie King Center. I mean, obviously a young group, but a group that should play fast, don't you think? It's going to be fast and fun. I mean, here's the thing. Don't, everybody, don't put any parameters on this. Don't put playoffs. Just watch this team grow together. And I love that they brought in a couple of vets. I love that Drew Holiday's back invested now that Dave Griffin's kind of called him the potential MVP candidate, but I just like the pieces for fun. I mean, listen, 
after they, they swept Portland, we all know that they were hoping for four, three, two, one seed, and they started with the injuries and things just fell apart. That kind of thing happens in the NBA. But this year, there's no expectations. It's just let's watch these kids play. Let's get that, you know, obviously you brought in a guy like Favors and Reddick to go along with Holiday. You got a little veteran leadership there. And who knows, man, eight seed could, could blow things up. And things happen with other teams. There's all kind of uncertainty. But we know the one thing, the West is strong. But I just say if the Pelicans just show improvement the whole season long, win about half the games, I'll be pleased. Yeah, I don't even think you – I obviously I think ideally you would like to make the playoffs if you're the Pels. Uh, that is obviously what you're shooting for. Obviously, J.J. Reddick's never been on a team that didn't make the playoffs. But it, like you were talking about, it, you don't necessarily have to, I think, for this to be a successful season. If you you go 42-40, and 40, you miss out by a game or two, but you show the improvement, I think that's still probably a successful season, right? That's oh, big time. I mean, that's the thing. People always put the number on it. I remember, you know, when they were starting to improve each year, and then they were like, God, they're still terrible. I just watch the improvement in the way they play. Even with the guys, after all, you know, Drew was out. Obviously, Anthony was out. Just watching these guys that may not even play at all this year, just the way they improved through the season and showed enthusiasm and they worked hard. I just want to see that. Now you have Alvin's kind of players in here. He can actually coach them and not have somebody look over his shoulder, tell him he's doing this and this wrong. And he's got this one year. I know David Griffin loves him, has been around a long time. I, I am actually – fired up much earlier than I've ever been. I mean, even after that 08 season when I used yep. to fly in from Atlanta for all the playoff games, that was fun. But this is just a different kind of fun. This is like watching these kids. I mean, you covered this whole thing. You covered the lottery. Yep. You covered the draft. <laughs> and you were amazing with that. Your coverage was amazing. Thank and you. you got to see it firsthand. And I just was like blown away about the hours you were working through the night. Trust me on this. But Watching this thing grow and then being able to attract a couple of veterans and them wanting to come here, it's going to be fun to watch. Trust me. Before we let you get out of here, I know you've been big with the rugby lately, NOLA Gold and everything. Tell us a little bit about – I mean, I know, I know the season's over, but tell us just how, how rugby is kind of growing here uh, in New Orleans. I'm addicted, man. I mean, listen, I've been intimately involved for 27 years with NBA, with the Braves Major League Baseball support team, and even the NFL for a long time. And now I'm just – totally into rugby i'm still working with fox doing football games <laughs> in the fall with brando but this thing is the, the fastest growing sport in america i didn't know it was the second largest sport in the world it's fun we, we've triple attendance now we're going to move into right next door to the same facility we're going to go into uh you know the old zephyr stadium baby cake stadium and we plan to sell that thing out man it's going to be big it's going to be fun it's a fast-paced game, and it's hard to understand for one or two times, but once you get into it, you're going to love this sport. And now I can't – I even watch teams I've never heard of just because I want to learn more about it, and I love it, and y'all will love it too once you get to know it. I have a buddy of mine who's going to Japan in, a, I guess, a couple months for the, for the Rugby World Championships, and that's all he talks about right now. Can I say something about that? That's interesting because I, this will shock most people. That Rugby World Cup – which I didn't even know existed until December of last year, is the, is, is more watched than the Super Bowl. Only the Olympics and the Soccer World Cup have more fan coverage and more people watching. And it's just that kind of blows my mind. But this is this shows you where it's going. I mean, New York and Toronto came in big last year. They were new in the league. Now you have Boston, Atlanta, and uh, Washington, D.C. And Atlanta, once they name their franchise, they're coming in next year. Atlanta put a big billboard in, and they want to get that St. Falcons robbery. They said, finally – the MLR, Major League Rugby League, has a 
has a team the South can be proud of. The shots are fired. Robbery <laughs> is there. We play them week two at home, so I can't wait. Appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for coming on, man. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Thank you. All right. That'll, we'll be right back here on the last lap. That was Scott Alexander. But we'll be right back. Andrew Lopez, Amos Morale third, sitting in for uh, Seth Dunlap on the last lap here on WWL. Andrew Lopez, Amos Morale third, here on WWL Radio. We're just – the music is so good coming out of breaks, man. I'm just – I'm feeling this. I had to stop listening because – Because you were just jamming to the song. Well, you probably had to go back to on radio. Go, uh. <laughs> you should have just said, uh. uh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, while before we get into uh, more of Amos's bad habits or in fantasy football, uh, I want to give a shout out to the East Bank team, who is now who's the first New Orleans Little League team to make it to the Little League World Series in Williamsport. Uh, for so long, a lot of teams in this area would play Cal Ripken, they'd play Babe Ruth. Uh, if you were if you were a Louisiana team that made it to Williamsport, you were either from Lafayette or Lake Charles, mostly Lake Charles. Uh, they go ahead; they defeated Texas uh, earlier today. To, to move on. They'll be there next Friday. So shout out to all those kids who get to miss an extra two weeks of school to start off August uh, as they travel up to Pennsylvania. You know, play on ESPN. No big deal. And it's, the regionals are on ESPN. Now. Like, that's it's crazy to me how much they are, like, on television right now as, like, 11- and 12-year-olds. Cats love baseball, bro. Like, it don't matter who's playing it. That's what I'm convinced. It doesn't matter who's playing. It, it's baseball. People will watch. Watch. Well, people watch basketball too. Have you, did you watch any? Well, you were out of town, but did you catch any of the the, the basketball tournament, the TBT? I saw like one or two games. It was good basketball. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It's, and you see why they're not in the the NBA, but you still see you get some good dunks. I tell you what, that's all I ask for when I'm watching basketball. I just want a couple good dunks. You know, maybe maybe a block or two. But not too many because I don't want them to disrupt the dunks. Uh, you know, you dunks can, first, block second. Dunks first, everything else second. If you want to see good basketball in New Orleans too, while we're before we get to the season, the NOLA Elite Wednesday League uh, over at Sophie B. Wright Sunday, Mondays, and Wednesdays. Uh, I went a couple weeks ago, saw Tyree, Lamar, some of those old guys that I've I covered in high school, watching them play on this stage. It's it fills that summer void where you're. You're kind of waiting for like seasons to start and actual games to start up again, but uh, that's that's some bad. You got to get over there, dude. That's some basketball to check out. Well, right around the crib too. There was, I think Lamar won the other. Like he he defeated like Greg Monroe's team the other night. Like a guy shot it off the rim. They were down two. It was perfectly timed. Shot it off the rim. It bounced back to Lamar at the three point line. He shoots a three. They win by one. It's it's, it's crazy good basketball out there for what you're what you think. You know it's funny because most like of the three guys you just named. Two of them played at Landry Walker. Well, Lamont's also on that team. Lamont Burzat, there's another Landry Walker guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a quite a few Landry Walker guys in that league. Share the wealth, charging bucks. Share the wealth. So, uh, speaking of this, let's let's get back to our dogging Amos's fantasy football choices Are you serious? right now. This came into me during the break. Uh, Amos Morrell III, who was recently married... Uh, on July 20th, his wife <laughs> sent this in. Uh, quote, and this is a direct quote. Amos, I love you, but you are terrible at fantasy football. He gave me tips on how to win at my old firm, and I ended up getting disqualified. How do you get disqualified from fantasy football, Amos Morrell III? 
I had nothing to do with that disqualification. That's not what that's not what your wife says. Look, I recommended a couple trades, a couple maneuvers, uh, you know, a couple waiver pickups. Were they shady maneuvers? Clearly just, they had to be shady maneuvers. It was just a couple waiver pickups, maybe suggested to one of her coworkers that they should pick up a guy that I knew was going on IR. It's it's, it's Look, man, it's a cutthroat game. I just want to point out that your wife took the time to let people know that you are terrible right now at fantasy football. You you realize, all of you, this means war. Like, I'm coming for every championship trophy. If you got a league, your trophy's mine. Most, you've been in the league 12 years. You finished third once. I'm not scared of you, bro. Go look at the history. I've finished third more than once. Let's go to the phone lines. Carlos, what you got, man? Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Doing good. Hey, listen, I just want to um, bring a little bit of history, a little old school, as they say nowadays. All right. Are you guys familiar with Napoleon Avenue and Chestnut? I'm familiar with Napoleon Avenue. Napoleon and Chestnut. Yeah, on, on, uh, there used to be a basketball court there where all of the best players from the high schools around here in the city of New Orleans, Metairie, mm-hmm. uh, Chalmette, used to congregate. This is I'm talking about in the um, early '70s, mid '70s. Okay. All of the all of the best players used to congregate on that court and play ball. I'm talking about the window window net, Boris net, who I went to school with at, at Porche High School, now Russia. Boris uh, net, window net uh, was all state at John McDonald for three years in a row. A fellow that was in the military with me by the name of Ken Graves. Myself, who I went to Forche, a guy by the name of Carlos Zuniga from Holy Cross High oh, yeah. School. I'm, I'm familiar Blundell, with that name. Wade Blundell, who went to uh, to Rummel High School, and, Pete, and, and Peter Christian, who went to also Rummel High School. So the best players in this city used to congregate there on, on that court every single day to shoot the rock. I'm okay? telling you, that's what and that's what it's like at SoPB right right now. Court, yeah, Sophie B. Wright, which is now uh, uh, high school, yep. as well as at that time it was a junior high because yep. my brother went to school there. Okay, gentlemen, I just wanted to bring you up to speed. Appreciate it, Carlos. Thanks for the time. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, that what – I miss going – like you go – if you go to Sophie B. Wright right now, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Monday night, any one of those nights. Yes, I set them out of order. I was trying to remember the days. You go any one of those three nights – Anybody who is anybody in high school basketball in New Orleans in the last 10 years is at that gym playing, and it is insanely good basketball. What time do they, uh, they, they go till? They'll go like six. Games are like six, seven, eight, and nine. You go to Sunday, they might, might start in the afternoon. All right, man. Uh, you, I'm going to put the headphones down. You you go. I'm going to go catch the last, the back half of the you last game. You can probably <laughs> do that right now, and you will catch. I'm telling you, you go over there right now, you will catch good basketball. Hey. You know, he he brought up a point talking about all the best players on one court. If you take a look at LSU's basketball team's all-time greats, and you put that all time that LSU's basketball yeah. all-time greats team, who's beating that team against other? I mean, UCLA maybe. I mean, UCLA. UCLA would give them a run. Kansas. Can Kansas is can't see Kansas. When I think of Kansas, I think of like good teams. I don't think of like, of like elite. I don't know Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know. You don't. You don't think of him. You don't but think like, of Danny Manning. I don't think of like Paul elite, Pierce. Like all time. Like this is like 
you know, one of the the best players to ever touch a basketball. You know what I mean? Obviously, I, I mean, come on, Will, Will Chamberlain. I mean, you got good teams. But like, but like, look at this. You you got Pistol Pete, Chris Jackson, Shaq. Uh, I keep going, but I mean, you got like Bob these, Pettit, like Hall Ray of Macklin. like. I mean, these are dudes Pez. that revolutionized revolutionized the game. That's all I'm Will, saying. Well, I mean. You got Wilt, you got Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar over at UCLA, but we'll see how it is. Do not go anywhere. Uh, he's Amos Morale. I'm Andrew Lopez. We'll be right back with more of the last lap after this news update. Andrew Lopez, Amos Morale the third here on WWL, uh, sitting in for Seth Dunlap as we talk a little bit of LSU football now. Obviously, they're they're in the middle of training camp, just like uh, just like the Saints are. They're in the middle of fall camp, but they also release. Their 2020 schedule today. We'll talk about that in a little bit more uh, with the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. No, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on, as always. Have, have people tried been trying to get the 2020 schedule out of you so they can start preparing, you know, planning weddings for uh, for, for next year? <laughs> was it was it a relief to see it come out today? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. You know, it comes out early, and and you know, I think when you look at it, it's it's interesting timing simply because there's so much hype as there is every year. Uh, you know, this time of year, getting ready for the, the start of the 2019 season. Um, but, you know, scheduling, just like recruiting, you know, now we've got games scheduled through 2027 and beyond. So I think from a fan standpoint, it's just another piece to keep the fan involved and get, keep them engaged. And, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of conversations uh, all across offices and everywhere people went today. Uh, when they got to look at the schedule for 2020, but unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I I, I hear that it's going to be released. I was told it would be at one o'clock, and I sat staring at my phone, refreshing Twitter until it popped up. So, uh, uh, but you know, I think it's just another thing to to kind of engage fans and, and get some conversation started, um, and and probably some. Uh, Smack talking started for 2020. A little, little bit of that smack talk comes around with how they've they've kind of changed that schedule. That Arkansas game that has traditionally been in November moved up uh, in into October. Now you're finishing with two kind of road games, so it's a little bit different than kind of uh, LSU fans have been used to in the last few years. Yeah, it is a little bit different, and you know I think one of the things, and this is just my theory, um, you know, there's always talk about expanding, you know, conference matchups. Uh, you have some coaches talk about that. You know, they'd prefer to do that as opposed to, to playing some of the uh, the FCS teams and some of those type games, uh, but yet nobody ever really pushes to add that extra conference game uh, because, frankly, you know, somebody, they, they, they don't want to lose a chance to add a home game. I mean, let's face it, that's the reason. Um, but I think because of that, because the SEC has not gone to the step of adding another conference game, I think from time to time they like to mix it up a little bit and you get used to, for example, that Arkansas game being – uh, in early November, and then you move it up a little bit. Um, you know, the Auburn-LSU game, of course, over the last several years has been, uh, you know, towards the beginning of the season. And, and this one looks a little bit different. So I think that's kind of what the conference office, again, just my theory, right. is that while we're not going to add a conference game, we are going to mix up the conference schedule a little bit, even with those teams that you play each and every year in your division. And obviously that Bama game is still there. But before you, the, the probably the biggest challenge on this year's schedule uh, before conference is that game at Texas, uh, the second week of the season. LSU is one of these schools that now you've got, you've got home and homes with Texas on the schedule. You've got home and homes with UCLA, Clemson, Oklahoma, Arizona State, way into 29, uh, 2029 and 2030. Uh, talk about how LSU has kind of been one of these teams on the forefront now of 
scheduling these actual home and homes and not trying to get away from some of the 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 roadmap where well, they, they're going to Florida to, to play somebody over there. They're going to Dallas to play somebody, but trying to get these true home and homes to bring some uh, some big name teams to Tiger Stadium. Well, I think administrators actually realize that, you know, when you talk about all the mediums that, that you can digest college football in, uh, the good news is, is there is a high steady diet for wanting college football. It's still popular. People talk about it year round. They, they digest it any way they can. And so you have to look and, and examine how do we get that and translate into people buying tickets and coming to the games. Uh, because from an economic standpoint, mm-hmm. that's where the school wins. And, and granted, it's, it's great to put your program on a stage and play at NRG or, or play at Jerry World or wherever the case may be in these neutral side games. But I think the administrators, you know, through talking and through conference meetings and just national meetings, had probably figured out, you know, that's good for ESPN. Uh, that's good for maybe the host city and, and that particular venue. Uh, but there's something we're missing out on. And I still believe that ESPN and CBS and Fox and whoever else is going to go cover that game, whether you play it in Austin or whether you play it in Dallas or whether you play it in Baton Rouge or whether you play it at the Superdome. Uh, So I think from an economic standpoint, it makes sense. So I'm happy that LSU is doing that because I think it, again, adds to the vibrancy and, and fan fuel for college football when they're played on campus. So I think subconsciously fans are going to like it. But I think there's a more practical approach to it, uh, not only for the economic reason, but I think because of, you know, the playoff. And if it's not going to expand, you need to have these big-time matchups, and you need to have those matchups one year at home, and then you're going to have to prove it in a given year on the road. A lot of fans right now are, I don't don't want to say concerned about the offense, but they're kind of excited to see what this offense can do last year. Obviously, we saw what, what Burrow was able to do toward the end of the year, how much he was averaging those last three or four games. How, how much do you think they end up showing against Georgia Southern in that in that opener before getting to Texas? The, 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 before you get to that big game that is as kind of circled as the I, I've seen it called the best non-conference game in in college football this year. Uh, how much do you think they, they end up saving before they kind of get in uh, get into uh, head to Austin? Well, I think as far as the playbook is concerned, I, 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 I agree with you, and I think I agree with what most fans believe uh, is that you're not going to see them go deep into the playbook. Um, but I think that what you will see uh, on the field against Georgia Southern is going to be enough of a change that people are going to say they're not going to be able to sit back and go, you know what, I'm not buying it yet. I'm not buying this new offense and this new philosophy. I, I think what you'll see in what they run, formations that they set up, the way they utilize receivers and running backs in the passing game, uh, I think is going to be enough for people to go, okay, we, we get it now. Uh, you know, the last four seasons that I've been around – there's always been a question mark about the offense. You know, is it going to throw more? Are we going to be more prolific? Are we going to be able to score points? Uh, when we face a defense that's big and hulking and fast and talented, are we going to be able to find a way to score and move the football without just being able to line up and knock the other guy over? This year it's different, as you pointed out. I think people are pretty much sold on this new philosophy. I think hiring Joe Brady had a lot to do with it. There's no reason to go get a guy like that if you're not going to let him do uh, what he's really meant to do. And from all indications, uh, you know, talking to the media, Coach O has said, hey, this is the guy, uh, Steve Ensminger, who has no ego. And I think that's a big part of why this team has, has a potential to be successful, guys, is that he's like, look, this is not my bread and butter. I know more football than most people, but this is, uh, you know, a new aspect of it, some new tools that, that Coach Brady can bring in. So this year, the difference from me 
is that it's not really about are we going to be different. They're just excited about what the differences will be. So, again, I answered a big, long-winded answer. No, that's to good. Question. <laughs> but I, but I, I think you're going to see enough to know this doesn't look like LSU last year or LSU 10 years ago, regardless of how deep they go in the playbook against the Eagles. Before we let you go, speaking of things that don't look the same, have you had a chance to go lay in one of the pods in the locker room? Have you had a chance to lay down? And I see All I see is, is a bunch of social media pictures of kids taking naps right now. Have you gotten a chance to lay down in the new locker room? Hey, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm trying to be the cool guy, which is every time anybody goes in the locker room, that's the first thing they want to do is, is go run, lay down in one of the pods, take a picture and tweet it out or put it on Instagram. I'm trying to, to withhold and, and be able to resist the urge to do so. But it is a phenomenal facility. I know the guys are excited about it, and that's what it means this day and age to to, to have the biggest and the best. And right now, LSU is the, the cream of the crop. I mean, it's it's an amazing facility to see. But, no, not yet. I have not decided to. And, plus, I'm also afraid that I'd be sitting down and say, like, uh, Tyler Shelvin's pod by accident or possibly – uh, you know, Michael Divinity's pod, but I, I don't want to be caught by those guys anywhere near their stuff. So uh, I haven't done that yet. Maybe I will. All right, Chris. Thanks for coming on, man. No, thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good week. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get to that phone line. Howard, we're going to get to you when we get back. Amos Morale the third, Andrew Lopez here on WWL. We'll be right back. I wish you could see. Like, we should, we should need a camera in here just to watch Amos and I coming out of the breaks because every time we hear the music we just start dancing we try to start singing and rapping but we realize we have mics in front of us so we can't do it amos morale the third andrew lopez we are sitting in here uh for seth dunlap on the last lap here on wwl that's the music's so good i amos what, amos just makes random noises isn't that, what, isn't that what andrew that was his ad lib throughout that whole song right yeah. just did that long i leave, right? it to, leave it to andre bro Hey, I did, at least I didn't try the John Legend part. Yeah, that, yeah. See, Thank you. Thank I, I, t- you. I, I went with the safe one. I went with the safe one. I like that one. No uh, need to put. No need to to get my John Legend impression into this. Let's. Uh, we're gonna go to the the phone lines first. You can call us if you want five zero four two six zero one eight seven zero or Texas eight seven zero eight seven zero. First up, Fern from Algiers. What's going on, man? What's up, AT? What's up? <laughs> Dude, y'all, are, uh, Andrew and Amos, I, I got to keep it real with y'all. Y'all are very refreshing and um, love set to death. But uh, like I told the guy to begin with, Seth can be very opinionated in the process. And, hey, it's his show, so he gets to, uh, he gets to put his opinion upon others, cast his opinion upon others like I would do if I had the opportunity. So I'm not mad at it. But I wanted to ask you guys this question, and I feel like, this is the right platform or stage to ask this question. Is it just me or does it appear that AJ Klein got penciled in from day one because they paid him $5 million a year to be the Saints? Uh, they tried to play him in middle linebacker. That didn't work out. They uh, they moved him. I, I think it's to the weak side. To the weak, no, he, I think he moved to the strong side because he was yeah. checking the tight end a lot. Yeah. And um, but I want you guys to do this for me and uh, to, to go do this research for me. Can you can you guys search? And I want you to just say it on air. Who has the most career tackles as a Saints linebacker? Craig Robertson or AJ Klein? And I'll take that off there. 
Amos Amos is doing the, the research part right now. You when you do pay a guy that much money, you, you expect him to come in and be a starter. Uh, but I don't think this coaching staff. I think we've seen kind of you know how they've worked in the past. They're not going to just keep a guy in the starting lineup because he's making so much money. We've seen situations where they've cut. Guys with their pick. We talked about that earlier in the show. They, I mean, they cut guys they paid. They just cut Cameron Meredith, and that's a guy that they pay him a lot they, of money. You know, and yeah. they're, they're they're deciding to go with Kirkwood or, uh, or or Austin Carr or maybe Emmanuel Butler. Who who knows where we're going uh, on that? But you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't think he's there because of that. I do think they expected more of him because of what they paid him. But I don't think they kept him there uh, just because of that. Uh, while Amos is is looking up stuff, we're gonna go to Howard uh, from from Texas. Howard, what you got? Oh, gentlemen, can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you. Okay. Uh, Coach Adam Gass for the Jets. Uh, yes. I an article. His wife is in, in the delivery room, has the baby, and he leaves her. said, i got to go see uh, Peyton Manning. Leaves his wife. The umbilical cord's not even cut. Leaves her. He said, well, that's good. Looks at him and said, that's good. And when he goes out there to meet uh, Manning, Man, he said, you got to be kidding, man. His wife, your wife just had a baby. What do you think in, about coaches that react like that? And also, we're talking about coaches in Houston. A high school coach was twice convicted of murder, uh, shooting his wife. Well, how do you feel about coaches like that? No sports guys. I mean, it's getting kind of tiresome about this deal in, in football and in sports. And I used to just love football, you know, Back in a time with you know, Archie Manning and things, wasn't actually happening like this. And one time I told my wife, with this football season, I can't wait to hear the song, It's the Final Countdown. What is, just give me an opinion of a coach, this guy Adam Case, leaving his wife on the delivery table and telling, hey, that's good, babe. And goes, says, well, i got to go talk to uh, Manning. How do you feel about a coach like that? I mean – Co- coaches are weird people, bro. I, yeah, I, like that's that that's the, the the best thing I can say is coaches are are weird people when it comes to their craft. Uh that goes from the NFL level down through college to high school to to kids guys who are some of these guys who's going to be coaching in the Little League World Series. We talked about that earlier. Some people are just so obsessed and they have these blinders on that that's all they're going to think about. He All all Adam Gase was thinking about that day, uh, and this it's, is a great story. Um, Dan Pompey wrote it for The Athletic. That's the the story that Howard was talking about. You can go find it on there. Uh, Peyton even says, once you get in there, like, shouldn't, like, didn't your wife have a baby two hours ago? Like, shouldn't you be at the hospital? Coaches think this way, and somehow, sometimes, that's why they are so good, be- is because of their attention. Uh I don't. I don't think I would get a chance to leave. I don't think Amos would get a chance to leave the delivery room in that situation. Uh, well, if I did, I'm not coming back. Yeah, you're done. I yeah. don't think. I don't think I would be allowed back. The uh, keys, the locks would be changed by the time you got home, and she'd still be at the hospital. Yeah, Somebody would have changed the locks on you. I would need a, a, a what do they call it? The ready bag. I would need one of those. Yeah, I'd have a knock on my door of of Amos showing up in my house. But that's that's kind of where it is. Uh, right now, we're gonna hit another break. Uh, we'll come back. If you want to talk to us, 504-260-1870. Amos Morrell III, Andrew Lopez, WWL Radio. Just nodding along. Amos Morrell III, Andrew Lopez here sitting in for Seth Dunlap on WWL. Music stays stays killing.
I got no ad libs for this one though. To uh, next hour, final hour, we'll still here. We'll, we'll still be here. Carter Bryant is going to join us, host the Carter Bryant Show uh, in South Arkansas. We'll talk a little SEC football with my guy Carter, and then Ralph Michaels coming on uh, at ten thirty. Talk a little bit of uh, a little gambling, something you can't do here legally. You need to go uh, one state over. He's obviously based out there in Las Vegas. Before uh, we bring Carter on next hour, let's talk a little bit more LSU right now. Uh, my favorite thing today about uh, you, you don't want to answer. Oh, you got question. Oh, we got to answer Fern's question. Fern, we got your answer, buddy. We got your answer. We got it. We got it two different ways. Most has you. All right. Combined tackles for uh, AJ Klein during those first two years, 124. He also 13 of those tackles were for a loss, and he had seven QB hits. Uh, that was two years of AJ Klein in a Saints uniform. Craig Robinson has been here for three years. Give me his two-year stats first. Uh, combined tackles. Oh, it's a it's a little less than two hundred. Uh, in those first two years, uh, and then the fourteen last year. Well, yeah, obviously he had fourteen tackles last year, but uh, in his three years, he's got thirteen tackles for a loss. So I mean, AJ Klein and him. Klein, two years, same number of tackles for a loss. And in his three years, he's got eight QB hits. AJ Klein. So, yeah. I mean. That's a little bit. Of, let's, it, it's not as drastic as I thought it was going to be. I'm not going to lie. But I, I still see why. Like, again, I don't think they're paying him because of the money. Like, they're playing him that much. I, he is, you know, showing some production. Obviously, you would like to see more. Uh, let's go to the phone line real quick. Uh, Vicky's uh, out there. Vicky, what you have for us? Hey, I was calling. I heard you shout out for the um, Little League winning. Yes. I also, I'd also would like to let you know that there's another team from Jefferson Parish that just won the World Series in Aiken, South Carolina. Oh, and the other, yeah, there's so many World Series right now. That's, uh, tell us, when did they, well, that was today, right? Yes, it was a, the Dixie Boys, uh, 14 year old. Okay. They're from, um, uh, JPRD um, East Bank All Stars. See, that's now a lot of where where you would go. And I know most of you were, you were, grew up in Lafayette, Appaloosas. You went to Houston for a little while. What a lot of teams down here would do, they would play Dixie. They'd go to Cal Ripken. They'd go to Babe Ruth. They play in all these different leagues. We'd have teams that win. I know a lot of people that won. So getting there, uh, but there you go. The JPRD team. They're winning their fourteen year old. Uh, out there in South Carolina. I know there's a lot more. I think the American Legion stuff is going on right now. Uh, the Boosters, or, uh, the team from Destrehan is somewhere. A lot of baseball going on, but a lot of New Orleans is winning in baseball. A lot of, we just, it's a great time to be a South Louisiana sports fan. If you're a fan of 12-year-olds or all the way up of, of what you want to see. Yeah, man. Uh, Pelicans got a lot of hype around them. Tulane coming off a of bowl season. It's going to be a... It's going to be a fun fall. It's going to be a busy fall. You know, you just reminded me of, like, all the things that are coming up. Hey, no, yeah, no problem. You you have to cover them. I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, LSU, we'll talk a little bit more. We'll, we'll, we'll talk SEC uh, with, with Carter Bryant coming here after the much, uh, after the break. But you, you obviously, uh, you're very familiar with LSU, LSU's football program. The expectations there are very, very high this year. Uh is this the most talented roster that Ed Ogeron's had so far? 
Ah, uh, which side of the ball? Because that defense is loaded. Offensively, this is, I mean, under Ed Ogeron, yeah, but I mean, we could talk maybe this decade. This True. is probably one of the the most talented rosters uh, that this LSU team has seen. I mean, you look at the top to bottom, uh, wide receivers stacked deep, and you brought in two really good freshman wide receivers that are probably going to get some playing time this year in Trey Palmer and uh, Devontae Lee. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Jamar Chase does, by the way. Uh, I have a feeling like he's in for a big season this year. Uh, you look at the running backs. We, you know, we got to see a, a, a leaked, some leaked John Emery practice footage. I, I, I did. I did see that. I'm not sure we were supposed to see that. And I'm pretty sure uh, somebody may have gotten in trouble for us seeing that. But we, we did see some leaked yeah, Emery we, footage. It's like a Playboy Cardi track over there. Uh but uh, a leaked John Emery footage, and you know you're seeing a a guy that's doing the same things in those clips that we saw him do to all those poor teams in uh in high school. So uh, running backs there, and you know behind him you've got Tyreon Davis, you've got Clyde Edwards. Uh, the offensive line has only gotten bigger and deeper. Uh, Joe Burrow's back. You look on the defense. The defensive line is going to be healthy. It's going to be stacked. Uh, linebackers. You, Divinity coming back was huge for that group as you brought back some experience along with all that talent. And that secondary, Ed Orgeron said, it's probably the most talented group that he's seen. And I kind of agree with when him. When we get back, I want to talk about Jarrell Cherry and his brick carrying that has has gotten him here. He's Amos Morale III. I'm Andrew Lopez, WWL Radio. We'll be back after this news update.